You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to 3 a.m. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience. The validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. What's up, guys? This is the 3AM Podcast. My name is Charlie. My name is DJ. My name is Sean. We're just some friends who try to tell scary stories and make you laugh. There you go. Is that right, Sean? Yes, that's (laughs) exactly right. Dude, it's getting too warm for comfort here. What are you talking about? It hasn't been cold enough. (laughs) Dude, I never get the season that I want, which is rainy weather. Maybe that, oh. Which I can't change in Utah. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're not getting a whole lot of that. You came to the driest place in the world. You went from the wettest place in America to the driest place in America, (laughs) besides Ben Shapiro's. (laughs) Ben Shapiro's wife. Um, (laughs) Real quick, just want to shout out my sister in the building. Brittany. What's, What's up, up, Brittany? Brittany's what in the up? studio. Uh, fun fact for any listeners out there, Brittany is a huge person to thank for 3AM because she gave us money in the very beginning to start most of our stuff, like her and Kevin. You could say we wouldn't even be a thing. A hundred percent. I just didn't want to <laughs> be dramatic. It's very possible. Yeah. Grateful to have her. Oh, just real quick. We sold our mugs. Oh, Yeah. So we did the 3 a.m. mugs with the 3 a.m. emblem on the side, uh, made by Made Ceramics, and we made, she made ten custom mugs that had a number one through ten on the bottom, and we sold them, and we are sending them out. So if you haven't received yours, you will get it soon. Everyone in Utah got theirs already, and then everyone outside of Utah were sending them this week. So I delivered one to a friend. Yeah, she opened it up, and she was like, "Is this what you're rating me?" Because she was a uh, seven out of ten. Oh. <laughs> but that's funny. You're like number no. for quantity. <laughs> no. Um, what's going on right now, Sean? You have something to tell the people. Oh yeah. So uh, in here in a couple weeks, your boy Sean, Charles, and DJ are headed out into West Desert. <laughs> we are going to the actual location of one of our stories. So if you've listened for a long time, Sean's covered a series of stories that come from like a troubled youth camp out in West Desert. Yeah. And we've been really interested in getting in contact with this guy. He was supposed to come on and like do an episode and it's just like schedules and whatnot. He hasn't come on yet. And then he hits us up on IG and he's he's like, like, 
I can take you out there. And we're like, okay, we're in. <laughs> we don't know this guy. Yeah. I mean, in, in real yeah. life, we've never met him. Yeah. So I'm a little nervous. We're hoping he doesn't skin us. We know that there is some sketchy stuff going on here in West Desert. Yeah. It's basically holes out there. <laughs> but like X rated holes. No, not X rated holes. Whoa, dude. R-rated holes. <laughs> uh, speaking of desert, what about Texas? Just what? Getting, Getting hella wrecked, snow. Dude. <laughs> the government is not governing. <laughs> They're taking people, off to Cancun. Dude, people are dying because it's cold. They, it's okay, sad, but I didn't realize it was also, this much of a problem, but they legit are finding old people dead in their chairs. In their well, house. some Holy people, sh- I mean, because they don't live in a naturally cold climate. They're not Some prepared. people have died from... Uh, Carbon monoxide poisoning because they're going to their garage and trying to warm themselves up, not opening their garage doors. I don't want to be this guy, but like, that's on you. (laughs) Survival of the fittest. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It's like I really, yeah. It's like uh, I want to get hot, so I put a gun in my mouth and pulled the trigger. It's like, well, (laughs) something for the rest of his life. Get it out with my my cold forty-five. I'm choking on my Costco hot dog. I'm just gonna shoot it. Nothing like a bullet to the wiener. Yeah. But like um, RIP, you know. <laughs> yeah. Everything, uh, it's like, I feel like everything's exponentially getting worse. What? Like in the world? Yeah. Like I, I saw. Um, the youth. F. <laughs> oh, the youth. The youth is the biggest plague. <laughs> Especially the ones wearing, uh, what were we watching? E-boy. Not, not even E-boys. I, I, I F with those. Uh <laughs> Yeah, you do F with your voice. All the supreme wearing, vape wearing kids. Yeah, that's the biggest pandemic. Oh my gosh, (laughs) that is pretty bad. What's the what's the vaccination for that, Hmm. dude? Education. How do we get rid of that? (laughs) Hugs from your parents. I don't know. (laughs) Bro, there's a story in uh, in the Bible. I think it's in (laughs) Second Kings. Dude, your transitions are wild. Very important lesson. the prophet Elisha okay. oh, gosh. gets gets clowned on by a bunch of kids. They call him baldhead. Yeah, they they call they said okay boomer to, him, to <laughs> the prophet. Did. Yeah, they hella said okay boomer. There were forty two of them. And do you remember what he did? I do. He calls two bears, and the bears tear them up to shreds. <laughs> That's the vaccination. He calls down she bears. And That's, they just destroy all these kids. <laughs> That's how you get rid of the youth pandemic of lot, swag culture. A lot of lessons in the Bible yeah. to, to be learned. Dude, that's wild. I think uh, Khabib is Elisha from the UFC. Khabib, oh, gosh. Mir Magedoff or whatever. Yeah. Um, have, have you seen the video of him wrestling a bear? What? Bro, he's as wild. A, no, as a kid, um, there's videos of him wrestling grizzlies. Oh, my gosh. Well, is he Dagestani, Kazakhstani, or Russian? Dagestan. Well, there you go. Yeah. I have never heard of Dagestan until Khabib started becoming a thing. Oh, yeah. But the video of him wrestling grizzlies from like an early age, too, is insane. We are not the same. (laughs) I wrestled allergies when I was a kid. (laughs) I got a runny nose. It's like pollen. (laughs) No. Give me Benadryl. (laughs) He's fighting grizzly <laughs> <Yeah>. bears <laughs> he's elisha who called out uh death on those children <laughs> on the little brother bears <laughs> that's true 
I told Kevin about how much snow Texas was getting, and he was upset that he wasn't getting as much here. He wants to move there now? Yeah, dude. <laughs> I bet. Kevin's a wild boy. If you're a listener and you don't know this, I don't know how, but Kevin runs hot. All the time. Like, it will, like, he legit sleeps with his windows open, and it's sub 32 degrees outside. My favorite example is when you folks went to Patagonia. <laughs> Patagonia is cold. the closest thing to Antarctica. <laughs> It's pretty chilly. That's not Antarctica. Slash, it was super windy. Yeah, you guys were at like the beginning of summer, which over there is the beginning of winter, right? Yeah. It was yeah. like fall, yeah. Because okay. all the leaves were turned. So colors, definitely yeah. not in the warmer season. No. No. Which the warm season on its own is already cold. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he just slept out half in and half out his tent. Okay, so here's what happened. Okay. Ke- Sean was in the tent with him. I was in the, yeah, I was in the tent with Kevin and we had our tent door completely open, and Kevin with his upper half of his body just outside the tent, and me in my sleeping bag all the way, like, scooted to the back of the tent with the drawstrings pulled as tight as they possibly could be with just my nose and eyes, like, being able to see through the hole because it was so cold. And Kevin's just fine. And he's, like, probably, probably like, unzipped his sleeping bag and just, like... <laughs> to show you what a wild boy he is, he flew to southern Peru or Argentina... And didn't bring a jacket. So we got there and he was like, oh, it actually is kind of cold. Chilly. I might have to buy a sweatshirt. He's in like flip-flops, cargo shorts. Cargo shorts. And it's a green shirt. Green beanie. <laughs> yeah. But that beanie does not is not for warmth either. Uh-uh. No. It's no. a fashion statement. There's like yeah. hella holes in it. <laughs> anyway. Wild boy. Hell yeah. You guys have seen Missing 411, the movie, right? Yes. Have you seen Missing 411, The Hunted? Is that like a sequel or is it the sci-fi version of it? Number two. Oh, okay. And it's not about like regular people disappearing. It's all about like hunters and like people who should know what they're doing out in the wilderness. Experience outdoorsmen. Experience outdoorsmen going missing. Whoa. I just watched that today and it's wild. Are you perhaps covering anything from that? Um, I'm going to cover a story a little bit later, but... I wanted to share with you guys the de facto 411 packing list Oh, for going out into the woods. Okay. Like they shared that in the movie and I was like, oh, no, rewind. I got to like write this down. All right. Listen up, listeners, and jump on Amazon and grab these essential These items. essential items for going out into the wilderness. You got to have your GPS device and a personal locator beacon is also recommended just because one of the common things with like all the disappearances is they didn't have any like personal locator beacon so how is that different than a gps can you explain i don't know i just okay. wrote down the list so far. <laughs> gps is for you to find your way and the locator is for people to find you yes oh, wow. that sounds about right also a sat phone identification extra water whistle knife fire starter wearing bright colors and extra ammo if you have like a gun and then they had some common sense tips that they gave as well <laughs> common sense is on the list <laughs> common sense Number two, (laughs) tell someone where you're going. Three, check the weather. And the reason that they put this is they had like a list of maybe 12 different things that were pretty similar in most of the cases. And most of the missing 411 cases that he was talking about had some sort of weather event Mm. that happened in and around the time of the disappearance. Like a storm, like a freak? Dust storm. Uh thunderstorm, blizzard, some sort of weather phenomenon that happened. And the other thing is he said, stay put, find shelter. Don't try and like find your way. (laughs) 
just because uh, like four of the cases, they ended up like nine miles away from where they started. One of the weird things too that they said happened with a lot of these cases is the when people are found, they'll be found in a location that has already been searched. What? And multiple times sometimes. They will have the professionals and the SAR search an area. They'll come back later. They'll check it again. They'll come back later. And eventually they'll find this person where they've already checked. So is someone lying on their resume? <laughs> the professionals? Or, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That was like the dentist story last week. They're like, my dog can smell anything. Anyway, it's just like a normal ass dog. <laughs> and they're just getting paid. <laughs> That was one of the other things too, is that the the cadaver dogs or the smelling dogs will not be able to pick up the scent. There was it was it was weird. And like having this completely different point of view from missing four one one for people who should know what they're doing was super trippy. Interesting. Yeah, because it's like you feel like, you know, I'm an outdoors person. Like you and I and DJ too, I would say are pretty outdoorsy. Uh, no, but I would say like <laughs> that's so funny. We got, we like we've been camping more than four times. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. it, it, it's it's scarier to hear that can happen with even super experienced, experienced outdoors people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but you're just gonna breeze over it like that? <laughs> I mean, DJ and I can run on uneven surfaces. I mean, Sean and I can run on uneven surfaces. So. I'm just saying, one of these things is different. I feel attacked. Did I grow up on an island? <laughs> you grew up in Lost. Yeah. You ever watch Hunger Games? Too? I was the smoke monster. <laughs> Switching gears real quick. Have you guys ever heard of a thylacine? Use it in a sentence. I saw a thylacine today. What is the origin of the word? <laughs> Tasmanian. No. Oh, no, then. <laughs> I only know the Austrian version of thylacine. <laughs> so, apparently, so a, th- a thylacine is a Tasmanian tiger extinct. Uh, oh, yes, dude. Oh, no. But there is controversy in the cryptozoology community because a researcher who specializes in thylacines has claimed to see and capture video and photo evidence of a Tasmanian tiger. You've have you seen one before? No. It, it looks like a not real lo- animal. Like a <laughs> like a Pokemon. Like a ferret <laughs> plus a dog. Plus a zebra. Plus a zebra. Plus oh, a meerkat. Can it's, you pull it up? So they uh Tasmanian yeah, tigers are now extinct. Like there was the last two alive that they had in this zoo. And you can watch the video on YouTube if you look it up. Well, how did they get these pictures on Google for it then? Oh my gosh. Because it was like, I don't know, it was like 1902 or something like that when they last had them. I made that date up, so. 1902, dude. It's trippy looking, dude. It's like a big Look ass how wide mouth. its mouth is. It's like a hippo. It's so weird. So they went extinct, but, you know, there's all this hoopla because some researcher said and claimed he caught them on camera. So maybe they're not there. Where's the picture? Let's look it up. Hmm. Is it kind of like when they caught Bigfoot on film that one time? That was proof. Okay, so this is the top researcher. It's a husky husky brother from uh, Australia just casually carrying a beer and trying to hike. <laughs> so already I trust him. 
museums had first chance to look at photos. I've done the right thing and given the experts a chance to have a look and tell me what they think. Soon we will know. Hopefully by the end of the week. But it may take a bit longer and we'll plan our strategy around that. There's no picture. <laughs> There's no picture or video, is there? Well, he said, did you hear what he said? He took the photos and sent them to like Didn't the get, official like, people. And before he releases them, he has to wait till they approve or disapprove. So that's what hmm. that's what it is. Hmm. That's just clickbait for now. I'm gonna rule it as clickbait for now. I think um, I'll withhold my official decision until we see the pictures. In other news, have you heard of uh, that vegan teacher? Oh, I saw something, but I didn't watch it at all. Huh. That vegan teacher. So she's been pretty big on TikTok because she stitches herself to other people's videos. Of people like eating, like like hashtag food porn videos, and she replies to all of them saying, "Did you know that you are killing cows, or you're killing chickens, and like animals are dying? Like so irritating." And she has, <laughs> I think, she has like millions of followers now, but she just got banned from TikTok. Dude, are there millions of vegans out there? Jeez. <laughs> It feels, like it. it feels like it. It feels like it sometimes. I mean, you'll um, always know when you meet one. Yeah. <laughs> um, one vegan feels like 10, but <laughs> but uh, looks like half. Yeah. <laughs> so half a regular human. Uh, she replied to a bunch of celebrities and a bunch of them have replied back, like Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> like she's singing a song about him and his reply is like it's like it's a stitch video so on one half she's singing a song about him and the other half he's like eating a burger and like <laughs> just cussing her out and whatnot that was a dumb topic Gordon <laughs> Ramsay is the goat though I thought you were gonna say something like no <laughs> it came out that she actually murders cows oh. or something like that like, <laughs> that's what I thought she that was slits their throats and oh, lies under their necks as they bleed uh, on their that's PETA body yeah that is <laughs> anyway we should probably get into it Uh, No, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's try this topic. (laughs) Switching gears again. Okay, I'm going to ask you guys a question. What group of people or peoples are you the most afraid to tease or make fun of? Because, like, we live in a time where a lot of things are off subject, off, you know, you can't do it. And in our group of friends, if you're brown, white, yellow, gay, straight, whatever – Yes, is getting made fun of. <laughs> so we roast everyone in our group, and you can't do that publicly anymore. So publicly, who are you guys the most afraid of, or feel like is the most off limits? Honestly, I think just about everyone is off limits for me. Why, Sean? As a straight white male in today's society, <laughs> a cisgendered male, you're at the bottom of the trash can to I'm, a lot of. Well, I can't talk say liberals. So I'll let you guys take the stage now. <laughs> Damn, dude, that's that's awesome. That's really strong of you. What do you think? It doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> um, Hawaiians are so sensitive. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we took your country. Whatever. <laughs> Pearl Harbor, you know. Bro, stop already. Right? Uh, I, I'm not. I know. I don't think I'm afraid to roast anybody in the right context. And none of it's malicious. Okay, do a <laughs> or joke. <laughs> I'm not because <laughs> I don't got a good I one. I, yeah, I don't got a good one. So 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's exactly <laughs> what I was yeah, going to say. I know. <laughs> Is there anything we could flesh that topic out a little more? Hmm. I need to be more prepared for that. Okay. Think of more things. Then let's come back to that another okay. episode. <laughs> All right, guys. Now we roll our twenty-sided die, dude. This this is so dumb. Every time we do it, but I love it. Why? <laughs> but why do we do it? It's to determine what order we tell our stories. Highest number goes first. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. <sighs> I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you're needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, We want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest. Uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, go ahead and visit BetterHelp.com/slash3am, and you can get ten percent off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp H-E-L-P dot com slash three a.m. The truth about the Haditha massacre has been covered up, but not anymore. I know you know what happened. They went into houses and killed women and children. What are you thinking? What a mess. U.S. Marines murdered innocent civilians in cold blood. And at the center of it all is 25-year-old Sergeant Frank Wooderick. And me. Murder in House 2. A new podcast from Crowd Network. I ain't got my glasses. I can't reach it. Oh, my gosh. Charles with a three, DJ with a four, Sean with a 12. Ooh. This is going Sean, me, Charles. So first of all, I would like to preface my story with trigger warning. If anyone has gone through a situation like this, I apologize in advance. What's this? Like what? So the story I'm telling, going to be telling you today is what I've titled The Saga of Pam. The name Pam, because that's the name that the uh, author gives to this person. <laughs> that is an epic story for a mediocre middle-aged woman, it sounds yeah, like. No. <laughs> um, so this all started, the author of our story I got from Reddit is from Hannibal's Violin. They shared this in a couple of different parts because of how gnarly and long the story lasted in their life. So... This all started when our author, and we'll call her Molly, was about 11 years old. She had an older brother who ended up dating this girl when she was 11. Now, the girl that her brother, Molly's brother, was dating was named Pam. Pam was graduating from high school, same as her brother, was an honor student, immediately clicked with everyone in their family. Molly says for about a year or so, everything just kind of seemed normal. There was nothing out of the ordinary, just a normal relationship. After about the first year, however, they would start to notice weird things, and they and the family, so Molly, her parents, they would notice weird things about Pam. For example, if Molly's brother would be talking to his friends or people at a party, and it wasn't directly about Pam, she would insert herself into these conversations. Oh my gosh. 
saying things like, I sure hope that you talking to Molly's brother have things figured out because wherever you're going, I'm going weird stuff. Kind of like that. Just kind of like little red flag here, little red flag there. You know, this has been about a year and a half since Molly's brother and Pam have been dating. And then late one night, Molly's parents have already gone to bed. Her brother, Molly, Molly's brother comes home and he just kind of looks upset. So Molly asks him, are you okay? And he says, yeah, no, I'm good. And she presses, she says, are you okay? And he says, yeah, it's not a big deal. I just got in a fight. We're good. And she kind of decides to leave it at that at the time. The next day, Molly's brother's driving Molly to school. And she asks him again, are you, are you really okay? What happened last night? And then Molly's brother tells her what happened. He says, Pam just likes to start things. So we were at a party last night. And Pam came up and told me, that there was this other guy at the party who had tried to rape her. Whoa. Now, and let's give Molly's brother a name, uh, Ben. Now, Ben, being the nice guy that he is, goes and confronts this other guy that allegedly has tried to do something to Pam. Turns out this other guy's like, I've never even seen her before. They end up getting into a fight, Ben and this guy. And then as they're driving home, Pam says, you must have misinterpreted what I said because that never happened. Like this whole like rape situation never happened. Ben decides to break up with Pam. Too many red flags for him at this point. Weeks later though, Pam reaches out to Molly, texts her and asks if she wants to go shopping sometime. And just that's Ben's little sister, right? Yeah. Molly's little sister. She's the one who's telling the story. Okay. They kind of thought it was a little strange at first that her brother's ex-girlfriend wanted to hang out with a now 12 year old girl go shopping, right? But they're like, okay, they didn't see the red flags. It was only her brother that knew at this point. They decide, oh, it's fine. Like, she's a grown adult. We knew her. It should be good. So they end up going shopping. And as they're, like, shopping, Pam starts to bring up, like, like insert weird things into the conversation. Like how her brother had actually, Molly's brother had actually lied to Molly about what happened at the party. And that Pam had actually broken up with Ben, not the other way around. So just kind of twisting the scenario in Molly's head, she didn't really know what to believe at this point. And then even going as far as saying stuff like, after we broke up, I had a lesbian relationship as well. Kind of telling this to this 12, 13-year-old girl. And she's like, you should try it sometime. And Molly is pretty like, she's feeling very uncomfortable at this point. And when Pam realizes this, she's like, she, she apologizes and she's like, no, you're good. Like, let's just go back to shopping, right? Anyway, Marshalls. <laughs> anyway, these these kids over here. Or flannels now, sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the end of what happened, just like with the shopping situation. But then the phone calls started. Pam started calling Molly, like, late at night. Oh, no. Started at 10 p.m. and gradually got later and later. Like, she would call and she would say things like, I, I really miss your brother. I need him back. Just random, just like weird things. Until one night she calls around 2 a.m. Pam calls Molly around 2 a.m. And just straight face says, I'm going to f***ing kill myself. I'm going to slip my throat tonight and hangs up. Now, Molly, she's 13 years old, has no idea how to approach the situation right now. She kind of just she, has she said has she talked to an adult at all or at all? No, she's to this just, point she hasn't. Okay. Right now, after this happened, she doesn't say anything that night. It's like two a.m. 
But the next morning, she tells Ben. She's like, Pam's been calling me, saying weird things. Last night, she, she said she was going to slit her throat. And so Ben tells her, tells Molly, uh, okay, I'll go and check on her. He goes and checks on her. They don't hear anything about it for about a week. At that point, Pam comes back to the family house with Ben one day. They've gotten back together about a week after this whole calling Molly at 2 a.m., right? So once they've gotten back together, it kind of seems normal once again. That lasts for about a month. Molly comes home one day. This whole this this whole situation lasts for about six years, by the way. So this is about two and a half years in. Two and a half years in. That's half of Molly's life. Exactly, yeah. Molly comes home one day, and she walks into the house, and like everyone in her family is just like sitting in the living room, almost like waiting for her. It's like super weird, too. She's like, what's going on? And then her family starts saying, hey, it's okay. Ben told us about what was going on with Pam. Like she, t- she told us how you were calling her and texting her and like saying things like you were going to slit your throat and stuff like that. Just completely turning the situation around on Molly now. And Molly is more frustrated at this point that her whole family is believing Pam. But after like hearing what they had to say, she's like, no, here, look at this. She pulls out the text messages, the voicemails, all of the calls, and is able to prove to her family that Pam was lying to all of them. Get them all. <laughs> at this point, her brother Ben breaks up with Pam once again. But she tried to call. She tried to text hundreds of times to Molly, to Ben. Pam was just essentially like, uh, what is the word I'm thinking of? Uh, Assault, parade. No, I'm thinking of like uh, telemarketing. <laughs> Is a scam or what? She's, she's one of those scam calls now. Spamming? Spamming them, which is hundreds yeah. of calls and texts. Um, and even like trying to show up to the house and apologize for like everything. And it's just really weird because it, it goes from, from like trying to be apologetic to screaming and saying, you guys are in the wrong and all this like, Ugh. it's all just so whack. I'm emotionally drained just listening to this, not even living it. Reading this whole story gave me anxiety. <laughs> This might be one of my worst nightmares. I have stress, dude. Dude, the other day I got a uh, call from the car insurance or warranty, car warranty people. Do you get Do you get those? I don't know. You get those spamming you all the time? Mm-hmm. I just cussed them out because I, <laughs> I was so mad. I was so mad. I was like, stop <laughs> calling me. <laughs> so you're Pam in this? Yeah. So <laughs> no, I'm Molly. Yeah, he's the one getting spammed, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so... Eventually, it kind of tapers off, and they don't see Pam for about a year. Then one day, this is now Molly's sophomore year in high school. She's walking out of school, and she sees Pam Ugh. standing there like on like the front lawn of her school. And just more confused than anything, Pam comes up to Molly. She's like trying to talk to her. She's like, hey, I'm sorry for what Ben told you about me. Just Always putting it on someone else, right? The worst type of apology. Yeah, I know. Not even a real apology. Oh, yeah. Then she tries to grab Molly by like the shoulders. And Molly sees like her brother Ben just pulling into the parking lot because he's the one coming to pick her up. And she like breaks out of Pam's grip and like runs to the car. They end up going home. Later that night, though, probably 1 a.m., the family is awoken by just pounding on the front door. And Molly's dad goes downstairs, looks through the people, and he's like, it's Pam. Like, what's going on? 
they don't open the door, but Pam keeps banging on the front door. And as they like all make it downstairs and they're like deciding what to do, they're deciding whether or not they should call the police. And both Ben and their their dad, like, hey, we'll just let it play out. She'll leave hmm. instead of calling the police. But Pam is now outside just kind of like pacing the front yard, going between screaming, crying, and laughing. Oh, gosh. Just telltale signs <laughs> of probably drugs. Or just like a mental. Or something mental, yeah. Break. Dude, you're empathetic. Uh, I just thought of shooting her. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> DJ. No, I don't know. I'm thinking of Texas. I'm in Texas. Somebody <laughs> crossed my property, you know. Dude, they still have laws just, in Texas. You can't just do it. It's not a video game over there. You're trespassing in the middle of the night, bro. I'm scared. Dude, he's like. Chuk, chuk. This is my house and yeah. I have to defend it. Yeah. With the Second Amendment. <laughs> so. Pam is just outside. She comes back up onto the porch and she's just like kind of rocking back and forth, going between screaming and making animalistic just sounds. And then it all stops. And after a minute of just like it being silent, they go and check the front through the peephole. They look through the windows and Pam is gone. Now they don't see Pam again for a while, but Pam is still spamming them. She's calling texting, leaving voicemails for all members of the family now, even including the mom and dad, ranging from apologetic to enraged voicemails. For example, one of the messages she left was, you guys need to return the cookies I brought over for 4th of July 2002. (laughs) So petty. (laughs) So petty. Four years ago. To the next, stop effing. I would like shit on a plane and be like, come and get them. Come and get them. right here for you. (laughs) Double fudge. Um, (laughs) To the other end of the spectrum where it's a voicemail of stop messing with me or you're going to get it. But none of them have been reaching out to her. Yeah, no, none of them are reaching out to her at all. Dude, she's just causing a ruckus. (laughs) Eventually, they change all their phone numbers. They disconnect the landline. They stop getting like the messages and texts from, from Pam. Is that what you do first or can you like restraining order? if you did a restraining order would you do that first or like do you do restraining order or change your numbers and contact info first i have no idea for me i probably put the restraining order after the whole front porch front yard incident and that includes like phone calls emails internet like facebook whatever how much do you need to get a restraining order on someone I have no idea. Like, is the family at this point? Do you think the family could get one? Or yeah, maybe I don't know. She she hasn't physically assaulted them yet uh, that we know of. What's up? Harassment. Harassment, Well, she did try and grab Molly at school. Yeah, at school. So, like, either way, they have a case for a restraining order, right? Now, the family eventually stops like hearing the messages and texts from Pam, but their friends are still receiving messages. And luckily, all the friends are homies, and they don't, like, give Pam their new numbers or anything like that, right? Another year or so later, they didn't hear from Pam. Molly now is able to uh, drive. She's got her driver's license. She's uh, working a job. She's now in theater at school. And strangely, Molly, she's, like, driving back and forth to school and work and stuff like that. She starts seeing this one car just in their neighborhood. And you know how you'll just randomly like notice a car somewhere yeah, and then just it starts notice. popping up everywhere, right? Mm. And she says she's in like one of these these neighborhoods where they know all of their neighbors. 
So they recognize the car is not one of their neighbors. At least Molly does. She doesn't actually mention it to anyone at this point. But it would just be like parked around the neighborhood, parked around work, stuff like this. Molly thinks she's really just paranoid. But one day, as she's at work, and she works in this restaurant, and it's kind of like one of those glass doors that are fuzzy. You can't see through them, but you can see someone's on the other side, right? She sees someone like standing outside the door. It's like late one night as she's closing. There's another restaurant right next to where Molly works. She says sometimes people will pause there to decide whether they're going to eat at whichever restaurant. But this person just stands there in front of the door for about an hour. Oh, no. And Molly doesn't want to go out and look. She's just trying to finish up work, probably exit out the back if that person's still in the front. Eventually, the person leaves. Super creepy for her, but she didn't see the vehicle at this time either. Now, like I was saying, Molly is also in theater at this time. And she's got a big school play. And one day they show up, like the plays are starting. They show up and this car is now parked inside the school parking lot. And Pam is with, or sorry, Molly is with her family. And she asks Ben, what kind of car does Pam drive? And this is like a year after. Way later, right? So it's just a feeling. Just a feeling. Mm. Um, and Ben's like, I, I don't know, just a regular car. Because he didn't remember at that point. They don't think really much of it at that point. But they go in. Molly does her performance. It's actually the last performance of, of the school year. As she's exiting the, the uh, theater area to meet her family, they're all just kind of waiting in the lobby and she can tell there's something wrong. So Molly goes up to her parents and Ben and she's like, is everything okay? Ben tells Molly, well, Pam was here. And just all of a sudden the blood drains out of Molly's face. She's kind of starting to like connect dots at this point. Um, and she asks, is she still here? And, we, and Ben says, we don't know, but we, we need to leave. So they start heading outside the school to go to their car and they see down at the end of one of these long hallways, Pam just standing there in the school. And she's kind of looking down at her phone. She doesn't see them. So they try and just go around her with the crowd. Once they're about ready to pass Pam, she looks up and she sees them and she has this look of anger on her face. They kind of just run outside trying to get to their car and Ben stops. He tries to confront Pam and she's like, or he just is like, this has to stop. You can't keep harassing us like this. And there's like this screaming match. Molly notices between Ben and Pam as she's getting into the car. Eventually Pam leaves. They all get into the car and they're like, we have to get home. So they pull out of the parking lot, start driving home. And as they get to a four-way stop, Molly looks at one of the other stops and sees this car that she's been noticing around the neighborhood. And this time she says something. She says, I think that's Pam. So they pull through the stop sign going home and her dad is just like, I'll go in a circle, see if, if, if she follows us. Pull the old soul circle trick. And she does. So dad is all of a sudden like, call the police. Mom starts calling the police and she's trying to like describe where they're at. And the car now that's behind them that Pam is driving is on top of them, like bumper to bumper. And she's like flashing her brights right in the back of their car. So it's just lighting up the car. Eventually they make it home. They all run into the house as Pam pulls up behind them. They close the door, lock it. Molly's dad goes and gets his, his shotgun. They're like ready to go. And the police like show up. Pam has now left. Like she pulled up and then once everyone got in the house, she left just as quickly as that. This is probably 
five years of having to deal with Pam in their lives. One more year. And the sixth year, I'll be sharing for our patrons. Oh, shit. That's a good one. Dirty. Dude, I'm pissed. That's a very Pam move, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, where's this girl's parents? How old is she? Um, well, she met Ben when she was like 17. Yeah. So, so now, five years later, she's got to be 22. Oh, okay. She's still acting like a, like a, a Kyle. <laughs> a child. <laughs> a Kyle. Either or. She got her monster in Either one or. hand. and <laughs> Supreme shirt. Have you guys ever like interacted with someone who just manipulates every situation? Or gaslights? I mean, maybe just a little, but not to this extent. Me no. too. I wouldn't say anyone this crazy, but mm-hmm. I've done it. And it's like, immediately, I'm like, oh, I can't relate to you because you don't perceive reality like I do. We are on not the same page. Oh, no. Because, like, I saw, I was experienced the situation, and then we got out of it, and they retold the situation. And I was like, that is not how that happened. (laughs) (laughs) They were, like, they were screaming at someone, and they came back, and they're like, did you hear the way that person was talking to me? Like, they were being such a dickhead. And I was like, dude, no, they were not. It was. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, like, man. I I don't want to say like cut those people off, but for me myself, I have to be like, I can't, I can't do that. I mean, I there has to on. be a little bit of that. Like you ever heard that, that saying you become most, you become like the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah. And if someone is this toxic to you, dude, I say cut that out. All right. I'm with you now. That's, you that's my, my personal opinion. <laughs> Results vary. Yeah. All right, if you guys want to hear the rest of the story, go to patreon.com slash the 3 a.m. pod to hear the rest. We do a bonus story every week. Become a patron. We love you. We'll be back in a minute. All right. So after this whole incident where Pam ends up following the family back to their house, Ben starts coming clean with like just all of the red flags that started happening like from the beginning. So this whole story, though, is a different kind of scary to me because mm-hmm. we've talked about, like, demons, mm-hmm. even, like, serial killers, stuff like that. This is just, like, different scary. Mm-hmm. No, I feel you. And, and in a way, to me, I'll be honest, this is, like, more scary to me than sometimes, like, demons and ghosts. It's like, it feels so much more real. Well, because it is. <laughs> oh, I mean, shit. <laughs> but, yeah. Is that you tonight? That's me tonight, guys. Thanks, my dude. Good luck, Molly. Good luck. Um, okay, for the third time, Texas. Free. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh bring it up. <laughs> uh, I, I, I keep forgetting. I always just 2020 hindsight. I think there's someone who's behind the cold weather. <sighs> Do you hear about China? Okay, <laughs> China. I heard about them. <laughs> General Sal's chicken. <laughs> Bro, be careful what you say. I don't want to get pulled from the internet. No, no. They have a uh, weather modification machine they've been working on. Have you hmm? seen that? Chemtrails. I haven't seen that. But I do know that like they have that technology. Yeah. Dude, that's like that movie they made, Geostorm. <laughs> what is Geostorm? Is that a straight to DVD movie, a sci-fi movie? No, dude. It actually went through theaters. Oh, no. Ooh. Yeah. Should have been straight to DVD. <laughs> yeah. Straight to VHS, bro. I assume yeah. they have some cloud seeding or like weather manipulation technology. They have like technology. satellites that go around the earth and will essentially like drop things in the atmosphere that can control the weather at some point. 
Why? I don't know, dude. Dude, that's why Texas is freezing cold right now. Bro, well, have you seen all the things where people are trying to burn snow? No. What? It's this huge thing. Everyone's taking the snow and they're lighting it, like trying to light it on fire. And they're like, snow melts, right? But it just gets black and burns. What? Or a lady takes a a snowball, takes a hairdryer, puts it on the highest heat and holds it to the snowball and it doesn't melt. What? (laughs) And then she's like, watch and puts it in the microwave, doesn't melt. So people are like, this snow's fake. Dude, that's high key sus. But there's so many people who are like calling them. Like hillbilly dump, like yeah. idiots. Yeah. The R word. The uh, yeah. the uh, hair dryer is not plugged in. <laughs> Watch, it's not melting. <laughs> Dude, Man, ma'am, could, I see your mouth. It could. <laughs> Dude, it could be the machine. You don't think so? Rage against the machine? No. It oh. could be, dude. Who? Rage what are you explain? Are you gonna expound or talk about? I don't it know. It's China's machine controlling our weather. Huh. I'm just wondering if you're getting into something with no. them. Oh, no, that's it. Oh, <laughs> could be cloudy with a chance of wontons. Right? Uh, Ooh, okay. All right, dumpling. All right, this story comes from Christine, listener. Thank you for sending the story in. Uh, she's from New York, New Jersey, yeah, where she lives there. Shout out Christine. Yeah. So she talks about how she's had several encounters in the past, paranormal. She says almost all of them have felt like. They were related to, like, ancestors that have passed. So I don't think it's been anything that's, like, scared her necessarily. She starts off by saying that she went to Montclair State University in New Jersey. It's actually considered to be one of the most haunted universities in America for I don't know what reasons. But she says in the fall of her sophomore year, which was 2016, I switched dorms to... Blanton Hall to be closer to my classes. But the catch was that the building sucked. Rumor has it it was built by a prison architect. The building has a glass elevator going up the middle with a lounge area on one side and a cafeteria on the other. The interior of the building on the second to fifth floor is lined with dorms. The same for the outer walls. I ended up on the fourth floor interior dorms above the cafeteria. Two windows away from the glass elevator. So this is what it looked like. Here's a picture. That's not bad. Yeah. Not too bad. But I see what she means by like a prison architect. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. Like everything's inward facing. Yeah. Um, Looks like a very nice prison. Yeah. Yeah. Bougie prison. <laughs> uh, so like. Bro, speaking of, Bobby Shmurda's out. <laughs> Bro, I seen that. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. About a week ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He ha- he already has tracks out, dude. What? Yeah, Quavo. <laughs> Bobby's pick- back, bro. Quavo picked him up from jail in his private jet. Got on the jet and had all this ice and all these threads laid out for him. And they land at their destination. And Bobby is dripping in everything, dude. He's just like, imagine coming out from jail like that from set gun chargers and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, I'm trying to afford food, so yeah. <laughs> that's chill, dude. I'm yeah. happy, Bobby. <laughs> Irrelevant. Um, okay, so Christine moves into this door. She said, uh, two windows away from the glass elevator. This means if I open the blinds, the elevator could see into my room, and I could see and hear the cafeteria. I didn't have much light as I'd rarely open the curtains for that reason. Christine said that she lived with 
a girl from Russia, and they're now best friends. Her name's Anna. Anna. And, and sometimes spoke Russian in her sleep. So sophomore year wasn't, uh, she says, uh, she wasn't having much of a good time during sophomore year, mainly because she wasn't doing well in school. She also felt like she didn't fit in the friend group. Different things, past trauma was catching up to her. And she was in a toxic relationship and living in that bad slash notoriously haunted dorm. So her mental health was kind of deteriorating and maybe played a part in the story. So she's just kind of prefacing it with that. So here's the event. She gets back to her dorm one night. It's fall and it's about 9 p.m. When she walks in, Anna was sitting on the floor with two other friends. Uh, They're all drinking wine and having snacks. Ritz. Ooh, the fanciest mm, snacks. Yeah, ritzy. Uh, <laughs> one of them gasped and jumped when uh, Christine walked in. <gasps> because they were telling the story about something that happened in the apartment across campus. Or one of the dorms across campus. One of the other haunted ones. She said that the girl telling the story said she knocked on her uh, her friend's bedroom door that was closed. And immediately heard three knocks back. Oh, shit. Do you guys know the significance of three knocks? No. It's to mock the Trinity. So if you ever hear anything in threes, knocks and stuff like that, it's demons or spirits mocking the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. How much scarier does this story get that you know that now? (laughs) I'm just thinking of, do you remember when I told the story about me going out to my car? Oh, Oh, shit. shit. (laughs) Do you remember that, Brittany? I went out to my... Yeah, now you do. Yeah. Reaching into the backseat of my car. It's about this time. It was after we recorded one night. And just on the roof of the car. And I like slowly backed out of my car. Just terrified. No one was there. So I don't know if that was worse or better. (laughs) But yeah. Um, Thanks, Charles. I don't know. Thanks for that. Okay, so uh, this girl knocks on her friend's door. Dun, dun, dun. That's the reply from the other side of the door. The door was locked. So she texts her friend. No reply. And that was when Christine walked in. So now Christine's caught up. Sits down, grabs a Ritz, pours some wine. Wait, so sorry. Right before Christine walks in. And their friend is telling this story. Tum, tum, tum. On the chair under the desk next to them. <laughs> and that's when Christine walks in. So they're all on edge. That sucks. <laughs> Christine said, the thing is, the girl lived in one of the two haunted apartments on campus. I've known two other people that have lived in that apartment in different years. They said they would come back to see a bowl of cereal thrown and smashed on a wall. The TV moved. Books placed somewhere else. Furniture turned. All cabinets and drawers opened. It looked like somebody was looking for something and didn't put things back to how it was. Maybe they're just living with Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) He's just hiding under desks. (laughs) No, he's just standing under desks. Yeah. Sorry, Jordan. I'm just kidding. I love you. Walking under desks. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Lights would flicker. Faucets would turn on. All uh, the works. Uh, Some of us believe that these dorms were built on Native American grounds. 
Montclair is on the first hill of the Watchung Mountains. Do you know what that is? Mm-hmm. Me neither. Watchum. So I assume there's Native American history tied to that that area. So uh, possible factor. She said, in fact, one of my friends who lived in that apartment moved to an off-campus apartment in Montclair, Montclair uh, where they experienced a different haunting. That summer, they had a water skiing accident, and it took twice the projected amount of time to heal in that apartment. Her roommate and her spiraled for no reason. She heard her name being whispered when she was home alone. Her mom came up to visit, was sleeping on the couch, and her legs were lifted by her feet in the middle of the night. Things like that. Oh, chill, dude. (laughs) (laughs) So she says, back to my dorm in Blanton Hall. That morning after the knocks on the chair... I had the first, I think, sleep paralysis of my life. In the paralysis, I remember looking into the ceiling corner. Okay, terrible timing to get a sleep paralysis. Also, looking right into the corner first thing. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, I do that too. I don't know why my eyes always gravitate to the corner in the dark or wherever's like darkest. (laughs) In the paralysis, I remember looking into the ceiling corner where the wall meets the window and seeing my other friend's dash cam. Charles, why are there cameras in sleep paralysis, she says. Oh, f- I feel like someone just saw me. <laughs> I felt so seen right now. Vulnerable. I think she's referring to the time I went to sleep in an Airbnb. And as clear as day, I opened my eyes. I saw the smoke detector go like that. A camera came down and looked right at us. And I saw like the blinking red light of a camera. A camera came down and then looked at us? Yeah, you? Yeah, me and my wife are in the bed, and it came down and just pointed at us. Like some spy kid's ass? Yes. <laughs> but I was, like, paralyzed, and I was staring at it, and then I blink, 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 and then I finally, like, wake up, and I look up at it, and it's just a normal ass. Hmm. So, I don't know. That's Maybe that's what feeling. she was referring yeah, yeah. to. Yeah. So, she Set looks up. up in the corner and sees a dash cam? Uh, she's uh, seeing, Yeah, she saw a dash cam. She said, at that point, I was heaving, trying to say, Anna, help. I looked over to the door and saw the silhouette of Hat Man. The trench coat and brimmed hat. I woke up out of it and Anna asked if I was okay because she heard my breathing and saw me moving. Uh, For the next few months, until I changed my situation, I would wake up from nightmares or paralysis shouting help. My mom did not like that over winter break. So, that's Christine's experience in college in... One of the most haunted universities, allegedly. She's included a bunch of pictures of of the university, including uh, some of the apartments that were haunted. Dude, what a great submission. Yeah. Lots of fun little quick stories. The mom's legs getting lifted. Dude, don't like <laughs> nope. that. No but why bueno. ghosts always have to just do annoying stuff to <laughs> yeah. you? Like leaving the cabinet doors open and stuff like that. It's like... What's the most mildly annoying thing we could do? <laughs> Just moving things. Taking all the tabs off of your soda cans. <laughs> Shaking it so it goes st- <laughs> like stale. Is that what it is? Yeah, dude. It's always unplugging the Wi-Fi. Oh, maybe that's what... Bro, the Wi-Fi at my house is not working. Yeah. Oh, shit. And it could be a ghost. It could be some interference. You could get dial-up and that'd probably be faster. Bro. <laughs> no, you're not. He's not. It's not like... You could be right. I mean, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Dude, Christine, thank you. Like, it sounds like she's out of the situation. It hasn't happened. I don't know. I feel like she would have mentioned, but I'm glad she made it out relatively okay. (laughs) Yeah. 
She said she found us about a year ago on Reddit. Well, when she started getting into yeah. scares to her podcast. She said uh, we inst- we instantly became her favorite pod- podcast. She binged all the episodes twice in a couple weeks. I love you, Christine. Then joined the Patreon. What? Finding three AM pod the three AM podcast is what I needed in twenty twenty. Oh, what the heck? That's Shout so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank the you. The real Christine. MVP over here, dude. I loved those. I loved your traumatic events. Thank you. <laughs> That's where we thrive <laughs> in your darkest moments of life. <laughs> so but send, that's me. So send them in. Yeah. <laughs> Keep them coming. Awesome. Thanks, my dude. Mm-hmm. My Sorty Night comes to us from coast to coast. Dave Nori. That's where it originated. So quite a, a while ago, he gets a call from someone who claims to have been a troop who served in Afghanistan. And this event happened to him. He called in several times and the story all came out and he was able to prove that he actually was over there and he was a troop. So they confirmed that. It's a very controversial account. Like him being an actual or like the actual... What happened was controversial. 2002, Afghanistan, the Kandahar Mountain Ridge. I listened to another guy talk about who he was a troop who served there. He said he landed. It was the most foreign place he'd ever been. Insanely beautiful. He didn't realize how beautiful Afghanistan was. Crazy steep mountain ridges that just go straight up into the air. Beautiful valleys, snow-capped peaks, and then desert. It's very diverse, like a diverse region. I I don't know, but I've heard as a troop, Afghanistan is a very difficult place to be tactical in. Because of how rugged the terrain is and the intricate systems of caves in these mountains. And these mountains are crazy, like very tall, very big, very steep, very, very rugged terrain. So troops are warned when they get there. When you're going through these mountains, you've got to be insanely careful. You could turn a corner, you could fall right into a cave system, and there could be people in there or people you don't want to meet. This guy is serving there, and while he's in Afghanistan, a squad had gone out about two weeks previous, and every so often, they're supposed to check in through their SAT or their comms or something like that, and they're just supposed to do a check-in to just make sure everything's okay, right? At some point, it stops. Their location is unknown. So they get, I think, Green Beret. I'm not sure, but they get special ops to go find them. They take a helicopter in. They get dropped off about four kilometers away from their last ping, their last known location. And they start setting out to find this squad. Super methodical. They're sweeping the mountain ridge, going back and forth. Very slow work. They're going up these ridges, down these ridges, and just going back and forth looking. And they're all highly trained, these these guys. They come to a point, and once again, I need to impress, remote. There's no one around. It's impossible to get out here they had to take a helicopter to get out right so they're out here and as they're looking they look on this really steep mountain ridge almost vertical and they see a defined trail going up the side of the mountain curving around and out of sight and they think oh it's a it's probably a goat trail maybe they went up there as they're making their way up the trail they start seeing fragments of u.s gear Shattered bits of walkie-talkies, bits of cloth, parts of boots. So they're on high alert. And I'm sure 
they're training. Maybe they think this is an ambush, like they were ambushed. So they're all on high alert. So they all make their way up this trail, get up to the top of the ridge and turn the corner. And right when they turn the corner, they're met by a huge gaping cave. One of the troops goes up to the edge of the cave and looks in and it's almost a vertical drop like into the cave. They determine it's too dangerous to enter the cave. So they do some hand signals. I have no idea what. And they get in formation. They're staring into the cave and a guy, he's looking in and he can almost see something like a darker patch in the back of the cave. And he hears a, as something flashes past him, he turns to see a huge plank of wood sticking out one of his squad members. He said his name's Dan. Something moves out of the cave with superhuman speed is what he says. And what comes out of the cave running at Dan is a 12 foot tall human with a scarlet red beard, shoulder length, red hair, wild looking man with six fingers on each hand, six toes on each foot, 12 to 15 feet tall, grabs Dan's dead body, pulls the spear out of his body and turns and superhuman speed starts making its way towards the rest of the squad. They immediately open fire and start shooting. Boom, 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 boom. And it's taking hits. He said they filled it with bullets. And it's still moving and roaring. And someone screams, aim for the head. So they all point up. And they said, hit it so much up in the neck, like head area, they almost decapitate it. And it falls to the ground. They are dazed, confused. They have no idea what just happened. And they're staring at the dead body of a 12 to 15 foot large human looking thing. They call in an airlift to come and get the thing. They drop this mesh net. They go up to the giant's body, wrap it up in this mesh net, hook it up to the helicopter. And it's like a specific helicopter that that can fly in these mountains because like normal helicopters can't get enough lift in this type of terrain. And it lifts. Supposedly, they talked to the pilot of this helicopter and he confirmed. He said, yeah, we picked up like a 12 to 15 foot long human. It had six toes, six fingers on each hand, and they determined it weighed 1,100 pounds to 1,200 pounds. And they took it away. I think it's Mr. K is the anonymous guy who called in the troop. Um, He says a man was lost. They were all super gutted. They were approached by their superiors and their superiors said, we need you to do a, write a report on everything that happened on the incident. And they all wrote it and all of them was the same. And the superiors got it and said, no, we can't accept this. Like, we're not going to say that you did a, a giant. You guys have to rewrite this. And they said they all wrote a, a new one without the giant in it and said it was an enemy attack. That's all they said. And they said they submitted it and then it went top secret and it was all classified. So he says it's all classified. No one will talk about it. No one will release it. They have no idea what happened to the body. The helicopter and pilot, even though he confirmed, like they they got in contact with him, he confirmed, and they can't get anything to like prove that that happened. Why the hell? That's it. Why the hell? (laughs) What's to keep from us? I don't know. Apparently a lot. (laughs) Apparently. Like they just told us about UFOs last year. The theory is 
anything that doesn't directly support Darwinian theory of evolution is kept secret by the government. So we know, talking about she-bears and Bible stories, giants are in the Bible. Yeah. And Afghanistan is very close to where the Nephilim would have been, like in the Middle East. So that's the theory. This, uh, So this happens. The guy tells his account. It's on George Nori Coast to Coast. And this guy named L.A. Marzuzzi or something like that. Hold on. Wasn't uh, Goliath a, a Nephilim? Sounds about right. Well, he was... Or no, he was a Philistine. Yeah, Philistine, but he was 12 feet tall. Bro, this dude must have been a unit. Because, <laughs> like, I'm six foot tall, 200 pounds. This dude's 12 foot, 1,100 At pounds? Least? Yeah. At least, yeah. yeah. Eleven. That, that means if he was a six foot person, he'd still have 400 pounds on me. As tall as a one-story house, dude. Bro, that'd be so terrifying. That spear? Dude, I thought it was a bullet at first. <laughs> but the way like the way you described it made it sound like a bullet. Mm-hmm. Like if something that huge threw a spear, it would it's a bullet. Bro, what I was envisioning was a two by four. Mm. Just like a two by four thrown oh, just, like just a blunt out object, dude. Ew. So there's this researcher, his name is LA Marzuli. And he's like dedicated his life to proving the existence of giants. And I listened to a podcast today where they interviewed him. Shout out Tinfoil Hat. Um, but he has his own documentaries. And there is a ton of questionable. I'm just going to say questionable. But there's like a ton of archaeological evidence of like possible giants. Like, And so much of them are sketched, dude. Like they found this huge ass skull. I I'm going to mix up probably several stories. But there's a lot of accounts like this. They found a very large skull in like Texas or something like that. They report it. They document it. They, they It's like in the news and they go back to check it and it's lost from evidence. And it ha- like there's tons of stuff like that where like they find these from things. From the evidence room or what? They're just like, can we examine it? And they're like, oh, it, we don't know where it is. Oh, my gosh. So there's all these weird things. And so this one guy found a huge bone. Like in, I, I can't remember where. I'm going to say Peru. Found this huge bone. It gets into, they think it's a dinosaur for a really long time. And then it goes to like a researcher in Norway. And it's like, this is a human. And this person would be 25 feet tall. There's so many stories and accounts of the pharaohs being giants. There's stories of Gilgamesh from Mesopotamia. Gilgamesh was a hero in ancient Mesopotamian mythology. He was a demigod, half god, half human, with superhuman strength. He was a master of animals. He could command animals. Dude, Samson. Samson, yeah, What's Samson. The I promise. promise? Uh, if that, he didn't cut his hair, he would have like he couldn't he or, couldn't be killed. Yeah, what was it called? The Samsonite promise is what I've always called it. Yeah, Yeah, but he had like superhuman strength too. And Mm -hmm. he like hold together like the walls of the temple or something. Bro, I I don't know. I was asleep in Bible class a lot. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Um, Super interesting. Let me just read you Genesis 6, 4. There were giants in the earth in those days and also after that. When the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bare children to them. The same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. So it's talking about 
giants having sex with the women of men. I'm so dyslexic right now. Daughters of men. <laughs> and like creating essentially like demigods, like these demigod characters who had insane like strength and speed. I've been trying to figure out my genealogy. It's starting to make sense. Now. Okay. <laughs> Sean's going to start walking around with two by fours and shit. Growing out, growing out his beard. Just hiding in caves. Yeah. Um, super interesting subject. There's so much here. Yeah. I almost like didn't want to cover this story because like I could do a whole episode on this. There's so much stuff Hell where it's yeah. like this was found here. It's human or like you guys know like the elongated skulls they found. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Down, There's like, so Peru much research on that stuff where it's like. So there was another class of Nephilim that they called the long necks. And there's a lot of people who said, like, yeah, the only way to support a skull like that with an elongated skull would have to have had, like, a really long neck. So there's just, like, theories that those are, like, the long neck tribe of Nephilim, stuff like that. I'd believe it. Uh, well, Sean's there's, in. There's tribes in Africa that have the rings on their neck. Yeah, but they stretch them. on their head, too. Yeah. So over time, their bodies and, like, they're, they're – I think it's more like body modification. Like, they add a ring and stretch mm-hmm. it. It, like the binding of feet, but does that not change their skull? Or I don't think so. Uh, no, no, yeah. Are you saying like they would have a kid who would like naturally have a skull? No, no, like no. Them themselves, like oh, dude, there's binding. They used to bind, like when the babies are born, your your skulls are like malleable. Mm-hmm. So they would bind, uh, bind their heads like this, and it would create really it's long cone skull. shape. Yeah, almost. cone shaped skulls. I don't know. I don't know, but. Super interesting. Here's another here's another Bible verse. Numbers 13, 33. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which came of the giants, and were in our town, sight as grasshoppers. No idea what that is. And so they were in their sight. I don't know. Let me just see if there's anything else to cover. Dude, what would you do if a 10 to 12 foot person walked up to you bro probably the same thing when your brother almost tried to donkey kong punch me the (laughs) other day (laughs) just shrink in fear (laughs) yeah not much you can do against that (laughs) with superhuman speed too (laughs) with the two by four it really was but it's just the rock (laughs) what movie is that uh the rundown or walking tall yeah yeah. (laughs) he's just got a two by four just his weapon messing up minions dude (laughs) Um, last things I can think of the word is in, in Afghanistan, this spread like wildfire, but was like super taboo. No one was allowed to talk about it. And so even many years later, like there's a YouTuber who does scary stories. His name is Mr. Ballin. He was a, a troop and he went over there and he said when he was over there, he heard stories of that too. Like he was in the same area. There was talks that they were trained when they went into caves they were all trained to aim high when they shot and none of them understood why what the so they were like fuck? telling them to point super that's high crazy when it was in caves. training that's what they said that's military what they training. training i don't know i don't yeah. know the government denies yeah. all of this so i googled it and if you google it the first things that came up this is my conspiratorial brain <laughs> but it was like debunked not real this is why this is fake like oh, that's course, all that those came are up. The first ones that are gonna come up. And I read it, and Snopes was just like, "This is debunked. It's false. Why? Because the the U.S. Army has said it's fake." Okay. So and I was when like, "When do we start believing not the U.S.?" <laughs> yeah. Not I was like, enough. "No, I need some more like evidence." I don't know. So 
Super interesting stuff. I might watch the documentary that this LA guy did. Hmm. A lot of it, I'm like, okay, I don't know. Like, that's kind of far-fetched. <laughs> but it's like a lot of it is undeniable. He talks a lot about the Native American mounds. Have you oh, ever heard yeah, of that? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. So in North America, there's these mounds that are huge. Bro, I've been to a bunch of them. And white man came over. And they were like, yo, these mounds are wild. Y'all built these? And they talked to the Indians back in the days. And the Indians were like, no, we didn't build them. But how they wrote history is the Indians built them. But if you go to the Indians, the Indians were like, no, we did not build them. They found like, like, they were here when we were here. In and some huge. of the mounds, they found like skeletons of like giant, like giant skeletons in some of these mounds. I know. I'm just looking at the ceiling and it's like. You, what is that? You think? see up to their chest. Eight feet. At that ceiling. That ceiling's That's eight feet. Ten feet. That's got to be ten feet. Bro, I'm at least like seven. So. No, it's ten feet. Ten feet. Still, that's what? Their shoulders yeah. at most? Yeah. Dude, you're powerless. You're a Goomba. Yeah. <laughs> you're, getting, you're, getting, you're getting stomped Mario's on. going to jump on your head. Yeah. And you're dead. <laughs> and a coin's coming out of your ass. You're getting, <laughs> you're getting stomped on. There's nothing you can do. Nothing. Super interesting, though. Hmm. Find out some more for us. Sorry. One last thing. Locals. Someone like, this story has blown up. Like, it's pretty big. It's like an internet thing. Like, a lot of people have covered it. Is it real? Is it not? The giant of Kandahar. And people, it's like on YouTube and stuff. And there's like comments of people who claim to be from Afghanistan. They're like, yeah, like, I've been told growing up my whole life not to go to certain regions of the mountain and not even animals go up there like everything stays away from up there so like since you're a kid your parents will tell you don't go to certain parts so someone needs to go there we need to find out it's for science (laughs) we are there sean and they won't tell us damn it they found them damn it crazy though who knows interesting that it's redhead like why dude red Hair typically uh, means angry, small penis. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Anyway, that's me tonight. Who knows? Believe it if you want. It's interesting. Crazy story. I'd like to believe. I like that. That's the first. I've never had giants on the show before. Yeah. I believe it too. It's real. Is that you? That's me. I think that's us. It is. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another week of 3 a.m. Uh, we love and appreciate everyone who who listens. For thank, real. Thank you so much. Uh, until next time, trust you got to watch your back. Bye. Love you. Be safe. Be careful out there. Goodbye. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3AM pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. 
So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. Ohio is a land of mystery. From missing shipwrecks and lost treasure beneath her surface to strange phenomenon slicing through her skies. From myths that have evolved around historic events and people to the unsolved murders and disappearances that keep her communities wondering what happened. Find Ohio Mysteries on your favorite podcast app and let's explore the inexplicable. OhioMysteries.com Hi, this is Amy and Vanessa from She Goes by Jane, where we shine light on the stories of missing and unidentified women. On November 7th, we're sharing Nahida's story for the first time in a podcast. And this is a story that I thought I knew, but after reading police reports, it became more complicated than I thought. When investigators are called to Nahida Khatib's house, everything looks fine. Her purse is on the kitchen table, her cup of coffee is on the counter, and her two-year-old niece is in her playpen. The only thing amiss? Nahida is missing. Every week, we feature a poem written in honor of the person we're talking about. This week, we're joined by one of our favorite actresses. You might know her from Sister Act or King of the Hill or The Descendants. But if you're like us, you'll know her from Hocus Pocus. She's the much-beloved Kathy Najimy. Join us November 7th to hear Nahida's story.